Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast episode of Growth Day. Today, I have uh, with me Louisa Dunbar, and we were going to discuss about how neuroscience can empower marketing. Louisa is the founder of a web design agency called Orange Grove. She has been involved in the webby world ever since leaving university. Uh, design and psychology are her biggest passion. She's uh, figuring out ever since what makes people tick and click and do the things they do. And that's why I have her uh, here with us in this episode. I have been following her on uh, LinkedIn and everything she says is truly valuable. So, Louisa, can you please describe your experience in the digital marketing industry? What inspired you to begin a career in web design? Yeah, so um, I guess it started off at university. I did um, an interactive media production degree over here in in England, and um, it's so that covered you know lots of aspects of well digital marketing. It was called new media back then, which was basically now it means digital. Um, and yeah, we dabbled a little bit in web design, and from there it, it just sort of flourished. I I helped my mum <laughs> with her she had a business and I designed her website for her um I, in fact I designed three websites for her um and then yeah I just kind of got hooked um I loved web design because it for me it encompassed both the design side and also the technical side so I liked in the early days in the early days at least I liked the design and the development um so yeah it kind of hooked me in from there and I have been yeah hooked ever since and grew my business as a result so I was employed for a little while but then yes I just wanted the freedom to, to kind of follow this path in the way that I felt it, it should best go and yeah that's where we are today <laughs> awesome and um so we you had a web background a web design then and uh, how did you found yourself uh, experimenting and implementing uh, neuromarketing well yeah so um yeah it, i guess it progressed so in the early days i was just designing websites um for clients but i always felt that if you're designing something for a business um it really should get results you know it shouldn't just look pretty it needs to work for them um and yeah my knowledge sort of progressed down that route um investing more in the ux side of things user experience um and you know it was all about creating websites that drove those results that got the achieved the goals that those businesses were, were looking to achieve um and so it's always been for me looking for the next thing that can really really enhance that for clients so ux came first then the psychology and then the neuromarketing kind of came after it was sort of always looking for the next thing that's going to you know deliver the best results that we can possibly accomplish and uh, so yeah that's how it came to pass <laughs> Perfect. So um, for this episode, I want for everyone to be like a helpful guide and to understand uh, neuromarketing, especially for SMEs and startups um, and why it's important for their marketing strategy. So my first question related to that is what is uh, neuromarketing? Can you explain to the audience in simple terms? 
Yeah, sure. So neuromarketing or consumer neuroscience, as it's also called. So in its basic terms, it's the commercial use of tools used in neuroscience to better understand consumers' responses to marketing efforts. So in other words, it's another but more science-backed way of gathering insight to improve our marketing efforts. Um, So yeah, basically scientific market research. And uh, traditional forms of market research focus more on the verbal or conscious responses, such as feedback surveys and questionnaires that, you know, our users or or target audience might um, respond to. But these are all conscious things. However, around 95% of the decisions we make in life and online are subconscious. So, you know, these feedback surveys and questionnaires aren't really very accurate because we are unable to actually articulate those decisions that we've made or the reasons behind those decisions. So for deeper insights and more accurate insights, we need to be able to access the consumer's subconscious. Um, And the only way that we can do that is through the use of neuroscience tools. Um, And they allow us to extract data from uh, physiological responses like heart rate, temperature, perspiration, brain activity, in conjunction with the eye tracking, so we know what is causing the reaction at any given time. Um, But of course, since we're focusing on the brain here, the term neuromarketing has since also been stretched to kind of encompass not only the physical research methods to gain those insights, but also the application of behavioural science or psychology to achieve desired outcomes. So yeah, I hope that explains it. You explained it perfectly. We can say so that uh, neuromarketing um, technology helps marketers understand how the brain, let's say, of a specific persona reacts to a particular situation using different resources and tactics. Are there any uh, principles of uh, neuromarketing that someone can apply to retain existing customers as well as to acquire new ones? Yeah, there there are plenty of theories within behavioural science um, that can help us with this. Uh, With neuromarketing and psychology, it's all about putting the users first and making the websites we produce as human-centred as possible, as opposed to business-centric. So basically it includes probably eliminating as much friction from the website as possible. Um, So in simple terms, removing anything that could annoy uh, users and add in features which make the journey as easy as possible. And therefore, you know, answering the user's questions and preempting them whenever they need. Um, And in terms of retaining customers, if the experience is so seamless and pain-free that um, that should be enough alone to provide that sticky content um, to get them back repeatedly. But of course, you know, the offline customer experience has to match it as well. But yeah, along with this, there are um, plenty of, you know, psychological theories which can help us persuade users, you know, push them a little bit more to the point of conversion or resonate with them on another level. So a couple of examples might be the scarcity effect. So this is the theory that we value goods that are in short supply over those that, um, you know, there might seem to be loads of. So we don't want to miss out, essentially. Um, So by showing low stock status on um, a product, for example, will help convert those who might be worried about missing out. So it's just about, you know, pushing them to the point that they think, oh, I better do this now rather than put it off. Um, Another one is um, authority. So it's another 
really strong theory that, that we tend to use a lot on websites. And it's basically human nature to follow and believe those who are in authority. So add endorsements to your website from those who are in authority, for example, you know, doctors or thought leaders or influencers. Um, and they that will help boost your websites or your business's credibility. Um, but of course, you know, we can't use all the theories, you know, blanket across all different types of businesses. We very much need to assess the goals, what you're trying to achieve through the website and the business, who your target audience is, among other things. So, um, yeah, we need to remain flexible and kind of look at our book before we provide the, the answers. <laughs> uh, what are some uh, questions someone should ask when trying to use neural marketing for their websites or any other marketing channel? So whether you're using neuromarketing just in terms of the behavioral science point of view or whether you're interested in actually using the tools to gain insights on your website users and then optimize the user journeys from their results, it's really important, firstly, to align yourself with the business goals. What are you hoping to achieve? Um, and if the website has clear goals, then yes, neuromarketing can bring some really big returns. But not only that, it can provide insights into your customer base which can help all areas of the business from you know sales and marketing you know even product and business development teams as well so it's um yeah <laughs> i hope that answers a little bit is it easy to uh, use neuromarketing to apply it to a marketing strategy well <laughs> so effective neuromarketing can only really be done by people who have you know the proper experience it might be academic experience and, and you know being having been trained uh, properly the reason for this is that it, it's really really easy to incorporate subconscious biases into the results um, and that can basically lead it to be uh, have the results completely skewed and a lot of it, it can basically start to give this field of neuromarketing a real unfair reputation for inaccuracy if it's not used correctly but it is a, a field that is evolving quickly too technology is thankfully you know improving each year and is able to provide us with a lot of insights there are businesses out there who offer the service but they aren't really qualified so it's just about making sure that you work with a reputable supplier or just make sure you get the experience and training um, required to be able to um, you know, get the results that you're you know, you're hoping for. So you said actually the most important thing is to have an academic background right? Well this is what this is our interpretation of it not all businesses see it this way but from my point of view um, it's an area which is evolving so much that having that academic mind within the um, service helps it stay on track and stops you being biased with anything that's commercial any activity that's commercial it does risk those biases creeping in and you're wanting to give the client what they want you know um, so to be able to um, negate that it's about bringing in people who don't have any um, you know preconceptions or they don't have any loyalties necessarily and to be able to offer the um, interpretations and analysis of the data in the correct way um, so yes great um, however we may found some uh, researches some papers and we try to implement maybe this theory like the ones you mentioned before uh, 
Should we take for granted the results of this research or should we do, of course, another A-B test to experiment with our case, our products, and to see the reaction of the customers? Yeah, exactly. Because every um, if, if you're saying a paper from uh, someone who's done it separately to you, then yes, you know every user is different, every customer base is different, every product's different, every user journey is different. Therefore, one size doesn't fit all, no matter how similar you think it might be. Therefore, yes, it, it's always important to you to do your own testing um, and and come up with your own results. Yeah. Great. Another question I have is um, how this fits into the different stages of the marketing uh, funnel. For example, do we have uh, different things we need to consider, whether a customer is at the awareness phase or uh, different strategies, maybe whether they are in the close to the conversion? I see. Yeah. So there are usually stages that businesses need to go through before the research phase. Um, and yeah, neuromarketing can be brought in at, at different sort of um, stages of the marketing funnel and also the marketing process as well. But yeah, it, it can only really work when um, you're from a website point of view anyway, when you're trying to analyze a journey or a specific page on the website. Um, so Yes, but before that, at, at other stages of the marketing funnel, um, you might be able to do um, incorporate other elements of um, neuromarketing or you know user experience, such as UX and customer workshops, um, to make sure that everyone within the business is on the same page and that goals are really understood and aligned. Um, so yes, there is definitely the potential. Do you think uh, it is easier to practice neuromarketing before or after the launch of a new product or service or idea or anything? And what would you suggest someone to do before they consider using your marketing for their brand? Uh, so for the best results and to maximize sales or signups, um, it, it should be brought in as part of the testing phase prior to launch, really. But it's then, you know, really important to test and tweak regularly on real customers to continually optimize the performance. Um, but there are also circumstances where it could be brought in well after launch too um, to optimize the journey at that point. And it kind of depends when a company is basically ready to invest in improvements. Um, a lot of it comes down to budget or just knowledge of this field. Can you predict some trends, uh, innovations in neuromarketing for the next year, maybe, or the next years? Yeah, um, it is a tricky one. It is a tricky one. But um, the in terms of the technology, there's, you know, at the moment we have EEG, we have um, GSR, galvanic skin response, you know, with in conjunction with the eye tracking and facial coding. Some of those need more um improve improvements before they're 100 percent there um so i think you know improvements um with regards to eeg and how that's interpreted and also facial coding and, and how exactly that fits in um is going to be something that will um you know come to light more over the next year or two but the big one which remains slightly elusive is fmri which is functional mri scans um, those are when, you know, for those of you who don't know, it, those are when you're in an MRI scanner, you know, like you would in a hospital, and you're asked to respond to a stimuli that you're, you're presented with. 
and they can see your areas of the brain lighting up. Um, and so that at the moment is obviously not very accessible. Um, there are not many of these MRI, fMRI scanners around. Um, and also the ones that are there are extremely expensive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that's something that um, I hope will um, be innovated uh, further in the next year or two, or maybe more than that, just to make it more accessible. Nice. Um, since the moment you said about uh, the example you gave about the scarcity theory, um, every day I'm visiting millions of free shops and websites, and I see uh, a lot of people applying this theory. However, they don't understand that they're using neuroscience, neuromarketing theories. Um, and I'm sure they're not applying it 100% correctly. Uh, have you experienced any other examples like that that you can, yeah, that you say, okay, this is a big fail. They need, to, for example, to enhance this. What are the biggest fails you have uh, seen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the scarcity is the biggest one, though. So, so many, so many people, so many businesses apply that and falsely. Um, and there have been recent examples of brands being investigated for it as well so it's not something you can get away with um there's a big example over here that that uh, they, were, they were you know pulled out for and have corrected their ways i think anyway basically they they use um the concept of scarcity but they is is fake it's not true you know it's they say that there's what five people watching this item where really that's not true um so that's how they're using it falsely it's fine if you use scarcity you know, morally, and it's correct. And, um, you know, that that side of it's fine. And I don't have issue with that. But yes, it's, there are other examples. Um, uh, that, and, and we call these dark patterns. So there are, aside from, you know, immorally putting data on, which is incorrect. Um, there are things such as ads, which are disguised to get clicks confirm shamings you know trying to mm-hmm. out of opting out that kind of thing and they are tricks really they are designed to manipulate audiences rather than persuade them which is what we do as part of neuromarketing um yeah businesses use them for quick wins but they they really just need to understand that they will come at the expense of loyalty and repeat business so in the end um it's it's their own brand that they're doing harm to um so yeah it, it's aside from that though there's aside from the sort of the the psychological tactics that are being used um immorally there's the whole field of neuromarketing is subject to that as well um, many people many businesses get tempted to use neuromarketing as neuromarketing as marketing and um, so they throw the term about to impress and attract clients but really they don't implement it properly if at all and the results aren't great so it can you know bring this field into disrepute which um, is something that really bogs me um, which is why we teamed up with University College London as I said the academic side of it so that you know we can prove that everything we do is ethical um, so yeah <laughs> Nice. This leads to my last question, actually, something uh, that I studied during the last years and uh, continuously discuss with other professionals. And I really want to hear your thoughts on that. What ethics in digital marketing means to you? Do you think it is easy to be ethical in digital marketing and more specifically in neuromarketing? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, it does really, it means a lot to me to be ethical in, in digital marketing. And I think it's easy to be ethical if you have that inclination, <laughs> you know. Um, so as I said, with regards to using neuromarketing as marketing, people are just using that to, to gain businesses when to, to gain business when really they're not actually implementing neuromarketing. Um, but they know they, it's kind of a bit of a buzzword um, at the moment. So they're using it from, from that point of view. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think, you know, if if business, if there, there are always going to be unethical businesses out there, um, you know, who will use the dark patterns and psychology tricks and um, to manip- manipulate users. Um, so, but yeah, it's down to personal choice. And I think it is easy to be ethical if that's the kind of image that you want to project and that's the kind of person you want to be in business you want to be. Uh, it's a choice at the end of the day. Exactly. It's it's a uh, choice, as you said. I don't know if you want to add uh, anything more to our discussion. Um, I concluded with my questions. <laughs> I could talk about neuromarketing all day. It's But no, I think you've covered the main bits, actually. And I think, uh, yeah, if there's any other questions, then, then feel free to ask or, you know, feel free to get in touch as well. Perfect. So thank you very much for uh, joining this episode. It was lovely having you here. Uh, I will keep the one that you said uh, and repeat it. Uh, we shouldn't manipulate the audience just to persuade them. The goal of marketing is actually is to identify and satisfy customer needs. Only that. And it is easy to be ethical, as you said. It's a choice at the end of the day. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all for hearing and uh, see you at uh, our next episode.